and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes funny, trying to be smart podcast covering all things new and classic Trek. I am your able to tea poor capable captain, Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have Paul, pretty resilient bladder for a human to touch it. Ah, nice, right. nice. Um, Clyde is on the way. He is just dealing with some technical difficulties, but he will be joining gravitational us. anomaly. Gravitational anomaly, if okay. you will. Um, might have sucked him into a vortex. We will see what Clyde ends up as when he that's shows right, up. That's tonight. right. Um, we are talking about charades. Um, tonight directed charade by charade or charade. Charade or charade. It, it's it's charade. I know. Yeah, right, I know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they say in the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by Jordan Canning, written by Catherine Lynn and Henry Alonzo Myers. Um, but first, Paul, can you remind folks where they can subscribe and how they can support this podcast? Sure. Hey, folks, why don't you guys consider subscribing uh, to our podcast at Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all links at StarTrekPod.co. And if you're loving our content, please consider uh, joining our Patreon for just two dollars per episode at patreon.com slash star trek pod look at that phasers on pew, pew, pew. <laughs> you really uh -oh. did it. anomaly uh oh clyde uh -oh. clyde is still stuck in the gravitational anomaly <laughs> we'll find in, 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 him interdimensional space interdimensional letter is where he is uh let me just give him a relay message that's right that's right join when you can my friend uh, join when you can helps if I type out a verb. Okay. Um, yes. So tonight we are talking about this particular episode. You can join us in the chat. We want to know what were some of your spicy thoughts, some of your maybe HFs, your HFs. What are your thoughts about this episode? Or if you have a question or a comment that you want us to pay attention to, um, you can type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital POD, in all caps, and we will keep an eye out for those. Um, yeah, I think while we are waiting for Clyde to come back from this gravitational anomaly, I will also just remind folks that I and Clyde will be at San Diego Comic-Con on the Thursday. I know that there's going to be like no celebrities there, but hey, what what would you consider Clyde and I, if not tiny internet celebrities? <laughs> right, not that tiny. You guys are, are big internet celebrities. <laughs> Big old internet celebrities. Um, so you can join us uh, Thursday at 1 p.m. at the Marriott. There's more information on our Twitter. Um, we are going to have a great time talking about introduction to Star Trek and how to get started on Star Trek. Um, we would love to meet up with y'all. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a great time, even if there are no panels by any of the major studios. But hey, I actually really like comics and it, comic books. It's like old school Comic-Con. It's going to be an old, I'm really excited, actually. It's going to be like very traditional Comic-Con. Um, also, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can listen to me and Giraffe and some of our friends talk about some Star Trek comics. We did those as special episodes. So if you want to dive in and hear our thoughts about some of the Discovery comics, those are also available on our Patreon. Um, but yeah, we are still waiting for Clyde stuck in that poor gravitational anomaly, but I think it is time for at least Paul and I to dive into some. Hot it's good old hot freaks time. Paul? Hot freaks. Paul, what did you think of this episode? I think that a lot of people might've liked this episode. I was not, it was not my favorite. Okay. Uh, uh, it was not my favorite. Like I, I, I felt like it ended really strong. Like I really liked the way it ended. 
I felt like it might have been a little bit too singular for me, like, you know, as far as uh, its comic beats and stuff like that. And but uh, and it reminded me a lot or, or co- contrast with Clyde Haynes. Clyde Haynes is in the building. Uh, you know, uh, it reminds me of like a Voyager episode called mm. Tuvix, which I'm pretty sure you remember. I do. Because <laughs> Voyager. So uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about that. But yeah, but like uh, I, I imagine a lot of people really like this episode. Indeed. Um, Clyde, welcome to the pod. I was plugging our Comic-Con panel while we were waiting and then we just dove into Hot Freaks. So uh, what's your Hot Freak on this episode? Uh, I believe I was watching in the middle of when I was watching and I texted you guys and said, should there be a laugh track in this episode? Um, it was, it was comedic. Like it was, um, it was a, I don't know. It was an episode that was really focused on kind of, I don't want to say hijinks, but it was lighthearted. Um, so I'm a little bit split. Like one, I'm like, okay, it was interesting. We got the, the meat. I don't want to say meat cute, but we got the <laughs> progression of Chapel and Spock and, I like that probably more than I thought I was going to like it, to be honest with you. I was like, I was kind of rooting for it toward the end. Um, But it just also was just like, oh, man, it's your body swap episode. Like, there's always one. Um, And so I was kind of like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to try and appreciate this for what it is. But the ship didn't go anywhere. Um, (laughs) This had no elements of a Clyde fave. (laughs) No. But I like the romance. I like the kind of the romantic thing. And yeah, uh, had a mean mom, like a, you know, oh, kind of a... <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, I am so 50, 50 on this episode. There are things that I absolutely loved. I loved, uh, the birdcage mom parent. Like it felt like if, if y'all are familiar with the movie, the birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, it felt like that whole charade, if you will. Um, happening for that dinner which i loved i thought ethan peck and i thought anson mount were hilarious i had a great time watching them i loved the team up between chapel ahura and um ortegas like i loved seeing the three of them together give me a whole episode that is the three of them Mm -hmm. together i would love to see that um but my biggest my biggest and i will say biggest problem with this episode um would be that um you know like biracial people are whole people um and you cannot split them and and i feel like i thought about it as if um you know i was texting with friend of the pod giraffe about this episode because i was like hey my internal radar sensors are going like watching this episode um is it me and she went absolutely not it is not just you Uh and um we were chatting and i don't want to put words in her mouth but i said to her i was like this feels like if i wrote an episode of television about giraffe and i said you know what giraffe you're gonna wake up and be white and then we're gonna pretend that you're black for this entire episode (laughs) instead of just pretending that you're giraffe who is in fact a biracial person and so I had a huge, I had a huge problem with this episode. I had a really big problem with this episode. Well, I mean, I, I, I had a similar thought, right? Like I was like, oh, this does feel kind of like from a racial standpoint, it's like, oh, the black person wakes up and they're, they're white and they're trying to, you know, pretend to be, well, the way it is, and you're trying to pretend to be something else, right? Like it was kind of like, okay, 
slapstick. Um, it, it just kind of, I, I kind of acknowledged it and it didn't quite sit like it didn't fit. Um, I don't know. I was trying to stay positive with the episode. So I think like you, I'm a little 50, 50. Um, there were some high moments and then some moments like, I'm just not quite sure what I'm, what I'm feeling here. For me, like I just saw it as like, Oh, Vulcans are really racist. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, like this is not the first time in Canon where like you see Vulcans going like, you know, like the, they're really looking down on humans. Like, you know, like, uh, and you know, th- th- that's just part of, of, of that. Like I, I was thinking about, it, I go like, Oh, you know, who's like really not that racist Klingons. <laughs> Klingons are basically go like, Hey dude, can you fight? You must have some Klingon in you. <laughs> I, I mean, my big thing is like, and, and, and I will tie this back to the rest yeah. of this season is they have been talking to Lon about how genetic determinism doesn't exist. And then this whole episode erased that because they said, if you take away Spock's Vulcan genes, you get rid of everything he has learned culturally about being a Vulcan. And that also contradicts everything they've ever said about Michael Burnham, who culturally mm. grew up in a Vulcan society and had to learn to reconnect with her humanity after growing up in that society. And then they also contradicted themselves within this episode when Ethan, when, when Spock says, as Vulcans, we have big feelings. We have to learn to suppress them, which is him saying all of these cultural aspects I just showed you are learned cultural aspects and not through genetic determinism. Well, I mean, that gets into an interesting conversation, right? Like more than just kind of race, especially the observation of race, right? Like, you know, we talk about having someone who's biracial, right? Now, the thing about being biracial, in part because I have family members who are biracial and you know, there's a whole conversation there about kind of even my uh, genetic makeup. But there's a sense of like, well, you may look a certain way, but depending on the environment that you grew up in, do you have to choose? And are you one more than the other? Like there's this whole dynamic there. And to your point, what you're saying is, well, if I just change your genetic makeup, then nothing that you experience, none of the things that you grew up with matter. Right. Then it's all based on your genetic makeup. And that 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 just that doesn't track. Right. Yeah. And so to you, it's you know, we talk about like if you woke up, like if you're a black person and you woke up white, you're still like you're still black. Like all of a sudden it's like everything that you've known and learned hasn't just like fallen away yeah right what what typically happens when we see things like this done particularly in comedies right like you know it you know it, i think eddie murphy did a really good one on like saturday night live i think where he had one where he he went in white face right and kind of said you know i'm going to experience life as as a, a person who's white that depicts someone who looks and it's then it becomes about how everyone else treats you not about suddenly like, okay, I'm different because I look different. I think that was the thing that probably didn't sit. Like that's, I think that was the missing key for me. It was like, oh, that's why this doesn't feel like it fits is because it's like, oh, I look different. Therefore I am different. Yeah. 
and I think, so in order for me to like fully, I was like, I want, I wanted to like this episode so much because I love campy Star Trek. Like this episode should have been made for Mariah with like how much silliness there was. Like, these are all things that I, I love. Um, to me, what would have worked if you wanted to keep this episode almost exactly as it is, is something happened to Spock on the shuttle to where he now has to go through human puberty, which is essentially what happens to Spock, right? Like he has to go mm-hmm. through human puberty and he's having all these rushes of emotion. He's having all of these crazy thoughts and ideas. He has no control over himself. I was like, then you don't have to have him waking up as quote, you know, quote unquote as human and, and, and only as a part of himself. Well, what you're talking about is kind of what we saw with Saru and Discovery, right? Like all of a sudden Saru had these, these, Exactly. Feelings that he had to process. Right. Um, Yeah. I I think, you know, and Michael in chat is saying they changed their genetic code, season one, episode one, they changed their genetic code to look like other aliens. Again, they changed their genetic code to look like other aliens. But they it did not then, affect their skill set, their knowledge, their cultural practices. Like <laughs> their yeah, like who they were, right? They it just they looked like and appeared to be others. And I think that's what kind of and and Lynn brings up there's the Voyager episode Faces, which is like I think the the easiest comparison here, mm-hmm. right? Is is that particular episode? Which I also, when I watch that episode, I have major problems with. Um, and and you know I think it's unfair to keep doing this to to folks who are multicultural, um, and say like, oh, you are only parts of these different places instead of being your whole oneself. Um, yeah, Lynn, that's a great, great comparison, by the way. I thought that the 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 Voyager episode. I think what's the thing that I would be curious about that particular episode is that becomes the question of if you're if we're talking about genetic makeup, are there certain behaviors that are attached to that genetics, right? Right. So are we saying that because you are Klingon, you are you have higher levels of aggression? Or are we, yeah, prediction for, for aggression. Mm-hmm. Or are we saying that as Klingons, because of their culture and society, th- that's where the aggression comes from? I think you could look at somebody like Worf and say, you've got somebody, you know, here's Worf who grew up around humans. Right. Even then, where was like did he still have that same Klingon aggression because of his genetic makeup? I think that would be the interesting thing to kind of dive into. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Let me push it. Cause I hear what you're saying and I completely agree with you guys. Uh, if like we went through this uh, episode and then Spock came out and Dorian, you know, just completely different and, uh, and then had to deal with Andorian feelings or whatever. Would would there still be the problem, or is it just because, not just because, but like, is it because like this is too close to what we have to deal with, you know, on a societal level? I mean, I think it it, it is close to it, it. It is because of what we have to deal with as a society currently, right? And and to me, that is what is good sci-fi is making mm-hmm. us sit back and deal with these feelings. And so, mm-hmm. to me, there there could have been a better way to have this conversation than this episode uh, 
like, I think this could have been a really interesting conversation about cultural expectations. Mm-hmm. And like at the core, that's what I thought they were actually trying to do. Mm-hmm. It was just the approach was not done in a way that I think is um, culturally sensitive to the world that we live in right now. Right. And we can sure. like, to me, this was like the most TOS episode in mm-hmm. both the mm-hmm. best ways and the worst ways. Like this to me felt like a TOS episode in that there is a stumble. Like we've seen this from Spock before in TOS and like people have had, like when you go back and re- you rewatch, you're like, Oh, there's some issues here. But at the time this was really progressive. And I feel like we, we are beyond 1978. And so it's like, we should be able to find a way to have a conversation about cultural expectations and cultural knowledge and cultural experiences that are, is not belittling and creating this conversation around genetic determinism based on race. Right. And and this this was what my experience of the episode was, was I go like, Oh, like, you know, once we get to the dinner and, and, and at that point I go like, Oh, this is about, this is about racism to me. Like that's how right. I hundred you know, percent. It's, uh-huh. it's about here is this group who goes like, you're not good enough because you're human. You know, uh, everything before that, like I go like, Oh, and I, and I kept on comparing to the two Vicks episode because like, I felt like th- that was a really interesting blend of like Neelix and Tuvok. And it felt organic to what that show that episode was doing. Where it's going like, Oh, here is this blend of these uh, two people. And all of a sudden, everyone's con- concerned about splitting them apart. And then this third, this new person goes, I don't want to die. I, mm. th- I, th- I, th- I thought that was a really good way of like, hey, you know, I'm more than just the mm-hmm. two people that I came. Like, I'm a person. You're killing me. You know, like, you know, and, and at the end, he goes, I forgive you. <laughs> forgive. <laughs> like, so, so I thought that was a really good thing. So, like, I, I sort of felt like if Spock was just Spock, you know, you know, uh, uh, and in a human body would there be any problems, you know, like, cause the, the, the episode would still work. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you just did, he, he's just, he's still Spock. Like, yeah. except now his hands can't hold the pot. Maybe. But Amanda can hold the pot. So it, it is, it comes back to, it's a learned cultural practice. Well, well, like, and so like, but like, you know, but Spock doesn't have, the, right. you know, so, so like, you know, like to me, like it was a, a choice to go with hijinks that kind of subverted, like if like in my mind in my mind right i go like this is a racism thing this is about you know this is about how someone of a in this particular case has more power and like you know looks down on this other group and and like you know has these unfair expectations or or whatever you know the the preconceptions blah 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 and i go like oh they really stumbled in the first half uh because they went for the comedy Hmm. that's 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 how i saw it like i go like Hmm. oh why, why is he acting this way? Why do we need this adolescent kind of emotion thing? Aside from, uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, aside from uh, the, the comedy of it, which, you know, can be funny. Anyway. But. Yeah, no, look, look, I don't, I don't want to take us too, too deep down the, the, the rabbit hole, but I think this is a fair conversation, right? And I think people, this is one of those episodes that I think people have every right to, to feel like, wow, I thought this was great. This, like there are people who are saying this is one of the best episodes. I'm not going to argue w- with that. And I'm not going to say that, that, that this wasn't the best episode for you. I think there were some absolute comedic moments. I, Paul, to your point, I enjoyed the second half of this much better than I enjoyed the first half because I thought the one once the parents arrived, it it 
it got really interesting for me. Seeing Spock with his mother, hundred percent, just mm-hmm. incredible. It, it, I like love that Amanda. dynamic, yeah. and, and what he started to learn from interacting with her and and being able to see her experiences. That to me was super rich, and I was all for that. And I was like, I really need more of this. You know, seeing to praying, right? Because I think oh we've seen. Can we talk about seen... praying's outfits in a minute? Because holy <laughs> crap, they are incredible. <laughs> right, but but I also look and I three saw, hours. Like, Three hours, though. Yeah. Yeah, three <laughs> hours. Well, I, I think we it was interesting because we always see Tupring as as kind of, I'll say it, a little harsh with Spock, mm-hmm. right? And we, we it's, she's, she's very demanding. Um, and she, she's like, I want this. I want this. And then so to see her with her mother and, and to see her a little bit, to be honest with you, a little more vulnerable because now she's dealing with her mother mm-hmm. who's off the charts Right. I thought it was like, wow, like I actually had significant more compassion for Tupring than I usually have. Um, I really did not like her mom, especially the way her mother treated her husband, her, you know, Tupring's father. I was like, come on, man. The dude just wants he he, he likes the food. Like, let him let, <laughs> let the him man have a snack. Have a, <laughs> yeah, let him have a snack. Um, and so. Like, I think that was really interesting and kind of that dynamic, like all of that, like I couldn't take my eyes away from the screen there. And then to your point, and then to see the chapel journey, right? And that dynamic, and then the the dialogue, like the second half of this was phenomenal to me. Like, I was like, okay, now you've got my full 100 divided attention. The hijinks was the hijinks for me. And it just kind of, like to me if i just watched the second half i don't know that i needed the first half like it that's what i'm saying like it just didn't quite fit to me yeah like there was something that was really interesting and that i've never seen in any versions of uh of star trek where spock has empathy for his mom i've seen him love his mom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like like we've always been concerned about how spock is like oh i've been ostracized oh oh poor little spock in like in in vulcan and everyone picks on you blah 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 and this is the first time you go oh my god her mom his mom must have gone through a lot yeah Mm -hmm. just 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 and, and like and what was really great about the episode which i thought was an excellent piece of storytelling writing is like you know it as a human, he barely gets through the uh, the whatever. But when he has when he's full Spock, you know, and uh, uh, Pring's mom like dogs on you know uh, on Spock's mom, he he gets emotional and goes you know he's he's past you know he's yeah. past the thing and he goes like no, you don't get to talk to, about my mom that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I was like going, and like you know everyone's going like, what's happening what's happening and so mm-hmm. you know. So I, I felt like that was really good for the character of Spock, you know, like well, in, in, a, in a way where I, I like he's really grown through this because his ability to the mind meld with his mom and to, to see that moment where like, oh, my son is happy for the first time and I will just spend the rest of my life not happy on Vulcan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I you know, it brought me to tears. You know, I thought that was a really good uh a good, what you call it, a, a good bit of storytelling there. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. Like, I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm curious, what did you guys think of Tupring basically calling everything off? I mean, I get it in some regards. She's just like, I'm too stressed out 
at this point and like you seem to be really distracted and it is like a big break of trust like the idea that he's going through something this big and will tell everyone but her and so I think she probably is like I need some time to reevaluate I also think it's um, a clever plot device for us to not be mad at Chapel and Spock for hooking up at the end of this episode because I know, like because friends, they want a break. They're on a they're break. break. Well, they're on a break. Space break, baby. Space break. You know, I, but like I, I wasn't exactly happy about this because Spock could have just said like, oh, well, you're going to mind mill with your mom. Like, you and know, she like, could know. And, and you, 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 I shouldn't tell you that. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the, yeah. that's the I lore, right? Too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but like you know, like for me, I thought it was a little, like like she was fine until Chapel walked in, right? And uh-huh. I think to to Nicole's point, uh-huh. Spring's not dumb. She knows that he has feelings for Chapel, right. and she's probably like, "Go have your moment. Go have your moment with Chapel, and then come running back to me." <laughs> I, you know, I think to me, it's a little bit of all of this, right? So when she when she said what she said, I was kind of like, "Wait," and to you're Mr. not going to give. You said what? Oh, Mr. Joseph's point. Like, do you remember when we all kind of hated to pring from yes, <laughs> from like, jump on things? And now I'm just like, just just for to pring. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, I never, I never hate uh, to pring. I think she was great. I mean, I I do have residual like future angst for her for her yeah, making you know. fight. But fight. this pring, I'm in. <laughs> she, she's been nothing but lovely. She's been nothing but also lovely. this actress just like really killing it. Killing so, it. So the actress is killing it. Like the actress is killing it. Like I, I, I think she's phenomenal. I've all, I thought she's been a little bit tough. But so when she says, "Hey, you basically you you told the whole ship, but you didn't tell me," my first thought was, he kind of couldn't because you were going to mind mind meld with your with your mom. And I'm also looking at him and going, "But wait, don't you understand? He got everybody involved." to protect you right like here you are you're stressed out he's gone through all these things just to give you some peace right this was the way i was looking at it but to nicole's point she ain't dumb like part of me was like the minute that she walked in she was like oh this half again oh no <laughs> but part of me is also looking at like it's not like she it's not like she's some you know, some woman down the hall that walked in, right? Like she's the nurse. Like she's she's part of the medical staff, right? Like that's her well, job to help him. But to bring seeing her make out with Spock, so like you know, it, yes. it's it, you know, it's it's all it, again back There's to Nicole's England. point. To bring a dumb, right? Yeah. yeah. But the idea of to me, it's though. Look, I think what what flipped it for me, and now you got me saying justice for to bring. Is that what I would have expected is for him to go, wow, my situation with Tupring has just ended. I need to process this. But literally five minutes after Tupring has said, we, we're on a break, you're tonguing down. Chapel? No, nah, man. That that was that was no. Nope. nope. I <laughs> yeah, I like I want I, I find the chapel character really interesting because um, I felt like a lot of last season, I kept being like, I need to know more about chapel. I feel like right now we only get like her romance notes. And I, and I feel like I'm still in a little bit of the same place. This episode gave me like, I liked all the moments where she's fighting for herself. Like when she's like, I want to go do this Vulcan science Academy thing. And then mm-hmm. she's like, wait, 
I don't even need this Vulcan Science Academy opportunity. I went and just did all of this amazing scientific discovery on my own. Props to you when you read my paper about it. You know, like I was like clapping for Nurse Chapel. I was like, I am here for you to fully come into yourself as a professional and like as a, um, you know, a medical professional. And you're just like, I don't need the hierarchy to tell me that I am valuable. I'm finding the value in myself. And I also appreciated that she seemed to be the only person who was like, we have to fix Spock. <laughs> like, like if I, if, if like one of my friends woke up and was literally only half of themselves, I would hope that everyone was all hands on deck to fix that. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm, I, I was glad to see her like be this force for charge. I wish I saw some of that charge from other people <laughs> around her. Um, but I also am a little... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold some opinion until we get to the end of the season because I, I I try to know that we don't get as many episodes as we used to for character development. Um, I just I want to see her develop outside of the confines of a romantic yes. relationship. Yes. Well, would you I, like I a agree. Paul prediction? See what? Would you like a Paul prediction? It's it's, it's like a Mariah sure. prediction, but like <laughs> a Paul prediction. Yes, let's let's, let's hear a Paul prediction. So, like you know, if you're gonna marry Canon with like uh, like our TOS with this, right? What, what I'm thinking is like Spock and her will have this great romance, and then something happens to Spock where he forgets it. Interesting. Like, permanently, and so that's why in TOS she's always after Spock, and like you know, and we, and we don't have the perspective of why that is. Hmm. I mean, perhaps I think, I mean, I think the only person who could really do this much damage would be peanut hamper. Boom. Um, boom. Who could come in and erase all of these memories. <laughs> <laughs> Strikes. Oh, you got uh, me. No, um, I, I'm, I, I'm with everything that you guys are saying. I really would love a chapel centric episode where we get to see her. You know, and to your point, Mariah, maybe it's is Chapel, Uhura, and Ortegas, right? Like maybe we get to see them do them. Yeah. I loved watching them like be like, girl, just tell this this crazy blob mm-hmm. of an alien that you have feelings. But I was also like, she could also just say, I'm his doctor. And I think right. that like, also would have worked. There's a lot of ways to go. Um, but I also yeah. and I loved like that sense of empowerment when she was it felt like at the beginning of the episode, she's like, I need this, this Vulcan kind of, what is it? The, the internship. Like I need this because I'm trying to validate myself. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to show this. And at the end of it, like the sense of self, that's like, no, like I'm out here doing all these things. And he's like, wait, what? Like you had your chance. Like, I love that. Um, And again, look, so, to, okay, so something you got to know about me. I'm not really wait, wait. a fan Cl- of Clyde people. Haynes, uh, reveal. <laughs> Listen, I'm not really a fan of people in relationships being with people outside of their relationship, right? What? So it's kind of, it's kind of a non-starter for me. Not, so not a like, Oh, my no, God. No, so it's kind of like, so I'm all for, like, if, if you feel like you want to be with somebody else, then stop where you're at and then go over there and do that. Um, and so I have no problem with Spock and Chapel, I'm actually interested in, and I was more interested in this episode than anything, than, than I had been before. My issue was that kiss, that whole thing would have been great next week. Mm. 
I can it would have been great next week. Space. Although give I'm really enjoying Stress Week's prediction here. I predict Chapa will drop Spock and she'll have a fling with Ortegas and that will allow them both to move on. I'm, I, I, would, I would not be mad at that. I, I think that, that could be possible. Not mad at that. Be possible. Um, what did y'all think of Pike's cooking in this episode? Also, I loved all of Anson Mount's facial expressions throughout oh, this 100%. entire episode. <laughs> he, he was the best straight man. Best oh my and, uh, and, and as far as cooking, you would see that in, in like you know Scandinavia cooking right now, like you know, like it, it, at, yeah, at the, straight out of Nomo. That's right. That, that's I mean, right. I feel like because it feels like there's not a lot going on. Like we don't have this big bad that they're fighting yet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there almost needs to be like a webisode where you've got like the Pike cooking show where he's just like cooking I need the cookbook. I need the video I demonstrations. It's <laughs> like, like I, I'm, re- I'm waiting for somebody to step onto the enterprise and say, oh, Captain Pike, I've been watching your podcast and it's amazing. Like, can you sign my cookbook? Like, I mean, cause his stuff my is pad. just <laughs> my cook pad. Like, I mean, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, yo, I'm almost expecting Paramount to put out a, uh, a Captain Pike, Oh, that, you know, that's not, like, that's not. like cook recipes at yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of the season. Like, yeah, no, I, I think that'd be great. Like, uh, a line that I had a hard time with was like, "Oh, well, you know, I, uh, I, I put some salt on the dish because starships run hotter than a Vulcan kitchen. It's supposed to be fucking hot on, <laughs> you know, in Vulcan. How high is that starship running? Like, you know, there's a breach in the warp core or something. That, that's." <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that line because really cold. <laughs> it was like, I was like, no, it was like everything. Cause you know, when people will say typically, look, I, I do like to cook when people say, Oh, it's too salty. It's because you made a mistake. Right. It's like, Oh, you slipped this too much. But he said, Oh, it's a little salty. And he said, no, here's, that was purposeful. Here's the reason why it, it, it was like that. And I was like, you go ahead, Captain, you tell him. Don't let these Vulcans come into your your kitchen and check you on your recipes. You let them know what's up. I was all for it. Yeah. I also, I loved all of the costumes in this episode, seeing the updated um, dress green, like, um, kind of robe look on Pike that we've seen on Kirk in so many episodes was like chef, chef's kiss, if you will. <laughs> and, and, and the Starfleet issue beanies. Oh, my God. They're amazing. <laughs> I, I, I saw someone. Girl, I, I want, I want I, one of those. I saw someone on Twitter who was like, "They should have put him in the Spock helmet because then it would have been canonized." <laughs> uh, it made me giggle. Um, but yeah, I I loved all of Tapring's outfits are just like incredible. Like I am ready to see so many cosplayers in these outfits. It almost made me want to learn how to sew more than a button watching some of these outfits come down. But I loved all the ceremonial outfits. I also really enjoyed, like, I probably laughed the most at all of the parental interactions Mm. during the ceremonies. Um, because one, I'm just rooting for Amanda. I think, uh, and, and I know, um, the actress Mia, oh, what's her name? Kirshner. She, um, was in recovery from cancer when this episode, um, came, when they filmed this episode. And so I was just like very impressed with her energy levels and the performance wow. that she brought to it. And she looks 
I mean, I, I don't like commenting on people's looks, but she looked so beautiful <laughs> and like, uh, and, and, and I'm so glad to see her on our screens again. I have to sometimes battle internally because I watched the L word mm-hmm. as a youth, um, and her character mm-hmm. on the L word was atrocious. <laughs> so I have to be like, this is not Jenny. This is not Jenny. <laughs> this is <I> mean, Amanda. <laughs> she's, she's a new, like the actress is new to me. Um, for you to tell me that she was battling and she was in recovery from cancer mm-hmm. is shocking. I thought she was stunning um, in every facet of the word, um, the way she popped on screen, oh. the way she um, portrayed the nuances, like these, these little things, this, this motherly kind of affection for Spock, like I thought it was incredible. Like that, that's, those, those interactions were, I mean, some of the finest, if we're really talking about, kind of, again, the second half of the episode, those little interactions was, it was brilliant. There was a lot of genius in the room. Um, because look, I, the dad made me laugh, but I thought that from a, com- a, a comedy standpoint, you know, I thought the timing was perfect. Like, there's really in good this, pace in all of those scenes, those yes, dinner scenes. Yeah. He, you know, and he's just kind of like, you talk about a straight man. He's, he's the person that's just, he's still in the joke. Like, you've mm-hmm. moved past the joke and he's still in the joke. He's like, is this charade? Like, what is it? Like, is this the word? Like, he's still, he's still looking at charades. You're looking at him. It's like, just let that man eat. Like, like, let him <laughs> have a snack for real. Like, he's still in there. And I was like, for, for some of these moments that are really, really heavy, because you're looking at Tapril and you're like, I just want to choke you. Right. Leave Amanda alone. Leave Spock alone. Be nice to your daughter. He brought in just enough levity for you to not be angry. Right. It's so interesting because, like, I I'm a person who goes. I get to pills, uh, you know, uh, like it, uh, like like I, like. Remember, I'm a monster, so like you know, accept <laughs> that. But like, I go, I go. Like, imagine, like you know, imagine. I was thinking about this all day. I was like, imagine if we found like a cave, or or some whatever, and there were, like you know, hundreds of Neanderthal. Like living like hunter gatherer part like you know, and then they get incorporated into our society. Like, I, I think I'm a pretty open minded guy, but like I've been indoctrinated to think like you know what, I'm better than the Anthrothaw. And Are then you all justifying the, the racism of Vulcans not, right now, Paul. I, 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 I am not justifying, but I, I'm saying that like you know, I can see how that perspective happens. You know, like it's like here here's Vulcans who are like who had warp drive like centuries before like humans you know kind of it's just, like a little pat on the head like oh you little human <laughs> exactly and then, and then like now my daughter is going to date and marry a half neanderthal like there's a lot of like indoctrination that i have to overcome in order to like you know to get it uh, yeah i i i just would expect even in the neanderthal case uh-huh. i would expect some kindness and at least the attempt at understanding. I mean, stress, stress-free case says it. Like she basically said humans stink to their faces. Like she, like, and not even just humans. Like she was really calling out Amanda. She was like, there's mm-hmm. a smell in here. Don't you smell that? And she was like, I know where it come from. Like, that, like, you know, get out, just get out, <laughs> just get back, go back to the, the, the transporter pad and you go. Cause like, that was just too much for me. And it know, just like- kept going and kept, going and kept going yeah to me i go like that's that's me visiting my mom on sunday <laughs> oh wow <Paul. laughs> 
<laughs> like you know, like uh, and, and, and maybe I've I've grown such a thick skin that I can hold uh, like a Vulcan teapot or whatever. But it, it, it's just interesting. Like I like I wasn't offended by that. Like you know, I, I, I there's a certain candor in it that like you know, emotionless candor. And I have been called a robot, and maybe this is why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think to me, the only redeeming quality to Tapril was that um, I think she genuinely wants the best for her daughter. 100%. 100%. Right. Like, you know, it, her methodology Ish. is like. Her methodology is flawed, gross. but. <laughs> it, it's gross. It's gross. Yeah. Like, you know, we could say it's gross, but like, it's not, it's not something like I don't know or I haven't seen or I haven't experienced. Not, you know, like I, I, I've seen this. It's not, it's not, it's not the preferred way that I like to deal with humans, but. I do feel other humans do this to other humans. Does it require like, you know, like this space alien race to be a dick? <laughs> uh, I, I, I know, I know, Clyde, I know, I know it's hard for you. I, I can see that Here, you're Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm just trying to decide how much of myself I'm actually willing to share on Clyde a personal moment. Clyde personal moment. <laughs> Look, I just, I just grew up having experience sitting in living rooms with parents mm-hmm who had serious issues with me because I looked different than their daughter. So this is always going to be hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like having like being there and smiling and trying to show how qualified I am. Right. And how well mannered I am. I'm looking at Tapril and I'm just like, ugh. I just, I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you any slack. I'm no, not cutting no you. Any- I, I, no I, I hear you. I hear you, buddy. I, yeah. I, I, I can see that. I wonder if, you know, it, it, if this was a show where we got 22 episodes, we'd probably eventually get like the Tapril backstory. You know what I mean? And I wonder if redemption like. Redemption arc, maybe. Yeah. A redemption arc. It's like maybe she originally fell in love with someone who was like not of her class and she didn't get to. And so now she holds this deep, you know, seated, uh, you know, hatred for anyone who actually gets what they want out of love. And, you know, all of that could be potentially uh, possible, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy rich Vulcans, baby. So <laughs> I got to say on, on the other thing, see if I can find it. Uh, like, I mean, honestly, a great comparison. <laughs> Listen, on for the dinner note, scenes, the dinner yeah, scenes. Yeah, that's right. Can, can we just give a shout out to Mbenga for the incredible work he did with the cosmetics? Because Nicole, again, like I, I was just wondering if those ears were going to fall off, like yeah. Spock's, like his ears. Like I was, it like, was funny. I wonder. I was like, oh, did they just grab the extra ears from the makeup trailer? You know, yeah, like just exactly. <laughs> like hand over. <laughs> like I was like, you know. Throughout everything, he's worried and sweating, and he's holding on to the pot. And he, okay. like in any other kind of com- comedic form, you would have seen the ears like start to the peel. At least one ear peel a little yeah. bit. And he would have been just like, I don't know if it's because I recently rewatched Mrs. Doubtfire, which, by the way, does not um, hold up very well in a lot of ways. <laughs> in a lot, a lot of ways. Um, you're like, oh, the mom has a lot of really good points. <laughs> like. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you're like she just wants him to have a job but yeah it is that moment of like what is the comedy of errors that's going to happen when you are in disguise um and and we got mostly just the emotional disguise um which again goes back to anyway i was like i'm trying to be positive you guys yeah. i just keep it was like this was my emotional cycle of watching this show in this episode was like i was like i am having a good time and then 
the reality of what was happening would slap me in the face. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can enjoy this. <laughs> well, I, I had I had a moment when I was watching it and I was going, OK, so here here's the trials, right? Pour some tea. Like, shut up and listen for like seems like a pretty like like 30 seconds it wasn't that long yeah just to hear a lot of and and, and pretend to pretend to get a memory was it really that hard (laughs) was it really that like and we're all humans saying this yeah that's that's right and i'm going like human spock are you really having that hard of a time just to go like oh my mom shared a memory about her like you know her buying turnips at the market i i don't i don't know but like you know it didn't seem the hard and so when like april goes like you know if you were a human i couldn't figure you know you wouldn't be able to do it i'm going like what because amanda <laughs> literally goes through and does the whole thing to demonstrate it to him exactly, yes. exactly. i'm going like which goes uh, back to my point that it is not genetic determinism it is culturally <laughs> learned <laughs> which goes back to my point racism yes <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, again, I think when we look at this, the star of this episode is definitely Amanda. Right. Like, I mean, Amanda, and, and my thing is like the other thing is Ethan Peck did just like um a master class of range. He killed it. He was a true MVP of this episode. I thought Ethan Peck really just like went for it with a capital w you know like <laughs> you went full, full human full human <laughs> full yeah. human i i i did want to just like mention and i don't want to be like the downer parade but i i know a lot of people view spock specifically as a culturally important figure in like the jewish community and i've seen a lot of people online and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention it that were very upset that he went ham on bacon like <laughs> okay. he went really intense on bacon and a lot of people were like you're really gonna take this like trope with like a character that is seen as like anyway i don't want to be a i'm like uh. I, I don't understand that because i mean i i i like bacon and i can completely understand if it's you're eating bacon for the first time how you might be excited about bacon i, did I, I maybe i missed that like i was like well it's not kosher that's the that's the problem yeah. Well, right. So, so, so I, I have friends who are Muslim, and when they accidentally eat pork, they're like, "Oh, I did it! I got, I got, I got secret pork. It's so, it was so good because, like, you know, if they don't know, you know, like, like it was an accident. Uh, like, the reaction seems to be consistent when when I see people who don't eat pork, uh, who 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 get pork. I but, mean, uh, but I totally understand what you're saying, Mariah. Yeah, it was just like I saw, like I saw people talking about it. I was like, oh, I didn't even clock that. Like, yeah. I'm, I appreciate when people mm-hmm. point out these things in in spaces where I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Thank you for educating me in the same way. Like when I was having my alarm bells going off, and Giraffe was like wonderful enough to be like, hey, here are the feelings I'm having as someone who's biracial, and mm-hmm. here's why I have a problem with this episode. But her and I texted for a long time because we kept being like. It was well-directed. There was beautiful costumes. We thought the acting was fun and there was fun parts of this episode. It's just like, it sucks when something that you love and you want to love takes a swing in a really wrong direction. You know? And yet you're still friends with me. All the time, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I had, um, I thought, oh, I wanted to go back to Ahura and, um, Ortega's and chapel because i thought that little team up made mm-hmm. me so excited and i want to see more of those three together on all kinds of adventures like that to me was some of the most exciting parts of the the episode of like things that i want to see going forward like I, for like ahead, Paul. for me like what i learned watching the three of them i go like oh they're space burgers and space hoagies like you know, at, at the bar when they when they ordered, the, you know, what they were eating, and then like uh, Chapel comes in, and they go like, "Oh, I've never seen a Star Trek space burger before. I've never seen like a like you know a Subway sandwich." And, well, I guess there's a the scene in Discovery where Una comes in and orders a burger on Discovery. Mm-hmm. Do I remember that? It's like it's like her she only specifically real scene. asks yeah. for chilies. It's like this really fun character moment for her. It's like do, one of the. Do we see we the burger though? We do. She takes a big old bite of that burger. Oh, okay. Well, that, I, I must have missed that. Well, there you go. That was her introduction. That was her introduction scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say, when I thought about the three of them, the thing that really stood out to me was friendship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's easy to look at this crew as people who work together. Like these are these are colleagues because they work together. But that interaction felt so, so familiar, right? Like, hey, these are my friends. And the way they interacted, and I don't know that we've really seen them interact in almost like an off-duty way that was really like, because like they're in, this was, this was an interesting, from a costume standpoint, we saw a lot of people out of their uniform. Surely, not surely, if uh, downtime. Yeah, a lot of yeah. downtime. And so they're hanging out and we're seeing them. And then, like, to your point, Mariah, earlier, like, they're sitting there and, you know, both Uhura and Ortega are like, they're sitting there like, she don't tell this blue blob, like, what we yellow. already know, or yellow, like, come <laughs> on. Like, like that was, like, the way they would talk, were talking to each other. I was just like, wow, it's great to see this, fr- this what I interpret as a very rich friendship. Right. And I think those are the moments it's, it's like anything else when you're seeing, when you're watching something, you're like, wow, I can see this, this deep friendship when they're in peril later, it makes sense. Like, I think that was the issue that we had in discovery when Arium died mm-hmm. is that they, they sprung it on us and everybody's like, Oh my God. And we're like, didn't they just introduce this character like 15 minutes ago? Like, why are y'all so upset? Like we ain't seen this person all season and now y'all are freaking out. I think what we're seeing now is if they put us in a situation where they've got to save one another, we're going to feel it in a way that we haven't felt it before. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think too, with like, um, I mean, we know, we kind of know the outcomes for, for, I mean, kind of, we know the outcomes for Chapel and Ahura. And so it's like, we then have this question mark about Ortegas. And so I think it's like, as we develop these relationships, like, what are we going to see as the series continues and like some of the stakes that get raised for those characters mm-hmm. specifically? So, so I also have another question slash theory. Paul mm-hmm. uh, theory time. Paul theory time. Sponsored by Peanut Hamper. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we've made the assumption that we are in the TOS timeline just before. But like, is that correct? Because of like what happened in episode three of the season? Because like Khan was already pushed back, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we may not be in the same timeline. 
I mean, could the timeline be shifted? Yes. And that is what the producers have confirmed. Do I still think the inevitable outcomes of these characters stays the same? I do think that is true. I don't know. Like I, I, I remember a time when, when Mariah said like, screw Canon, I don't care about Canon. That's not what I care about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like something to think about, but it's not something I like. So, so like, so it's possible that like Spock ends up with Chapel. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that would be. I mean, because like because in the in the what you call it in the Kelvin cut timeline, Spock never hooks up with like you know. Uh, he ends up with a her. <laughs> yes, a horror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can get another we're in another reboot where he ends up with. He ends up with Chapring. What what if he ends up with Chapring? I'm just saying, like we might, like you know, like because of like the uh, because of the Laan episode, like we might not be in the we'll call it prime timeline, the original right. timeline. And 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 truth be told, like you know, if you go back, like you know, with Picard, like there was a in the in the uh, sorry to nerd out on everyone. But like you are on, listening it's a to Star this. Trek podcast. I, I don't think if you're you going to be nerd out with your... Continue. This is <laughs> this is what the patrons actually pay for. It's not me <laughs> making them all mad at me for pointing out flaws in Star Trek. <laughs> so so he, here's the thing. Like you know, in uh, in uh, Next Gen, like there was an episode where Time Zero Part One and Two, where Picard goes back in time and meets Gaian. Mm-hmm. But but like in in our Picard, like you know, uh, season two, uh we start off at like, you know, this place where uh, Picard doesn't meet Guyan back in the past mm-hmm. because we're in this, like what you call it, this uh, authoritarian timeline. Right. Right. And so, and then they go back in the past and in that timeline, like Picard had never met, you know, uh, what you call it. Guyan. That's why they meet Guyan for the first time in the bar and which is different than what is in TOS. So in some ways, I don't know where we are living right now in, I'll call it Paramount uh, Star Trek right now. Are, are you okay, Clyde? Timey wimey. I mean, Timey wimey. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm you gonna just gonna broke Clyde's paper. brain. That's right. Yeah. I need an illustration, Paul. Yes. <laughs> That's right. But like, but there's a lot. There's been so so much time travel that like I don't truly know if we are in the the prime timeline. The 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 the. the Shatner timeline for all, for you know, mm. just so just, just a thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm open to it because because I, I I would totally be down with uh, Spock ending it with Chapel. I, I you know, but who knows? I, I gotta agree with Michael. So, are we gonna see Sam Kirk get something more meaty? No, no. Just, he, for the, he, he for the listeners get, only, Michael's gonna get punched in the groin over and over like. Like season one, what did he do? He touches the, the the magic computer, boom, knocked out. That's all, that's all we see of him in season one. That's all we see. Um, for the listeners only, Michael L says, I wouldn't mind seeing Sam Kirk get something more to do in the show than just be the target of comedy relief. The watching human clean freak spot go rage monster against him was funny. I also really identified with clean freak um, uh, Spock. I, I am that person who's like, if the kitchen is not clean before I go to bed, I cannot go to bed. Paul can attest to this. I've lived but, in the same house as Paul. But he st- like Sam Kirk was like literally he was eating whatever it was, his muffin, his bagel, whatever. Space and space bagel. His, his space bagel. And he's now talking and Spock is like, like, stop what you're doing and go put that away. And I'm like, now if he got up from the meeting and left that plate with the crumbs 
there that I would be like Spock fully rage on. But I'm like, he hasn't even finished yet. What if he wanted to eat some of those crumbs? That's all I'm saying. Like, what if he was gonna finish off some of the crumbs? You trying to get him to clean his plate and the man's still hungry again. Let him have his snack. Um, no, seriously though. Let the Vulcan win. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking and I'm saying we keep poking fun at Sam, right? His his brother has a whole episode, right? I'm just wondering. You introduce Sam Kirk. I wonder if we're gonna see. We're gonna, well, is I, he gonna be me? I hope we do because there was that. I mean, it was such a, like kind of heartbreaking moment in that episode with Kirk and Laon where he's like, "My brother is still alive," and you were just like, "Oof!" That like you could feel that like little bit of emotion. So, I um I wouldn't be. I I would like to see a random. Uh, Sam Kirk episode. Like, what was his special Space archaeology? Is that what, like he, he's basically Space Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, let's get it. Let's get him and um, um. Oh my gosh, the character from Lower Decks, who's with Mariner, who goes on all the missions. Oh, oh, oh yes, I, I've heard her name. Like, you know, I'm part. sure the timeline doesn't work, but oh, it would yes, be really yes, fun yes. <laughs> to get. Well, I mean, together. here's what I really. Petra, thank oh, you, there Mr. we go. There. Yeah. I I I mean I'm just gonna say I really want a Sam Kirk and a Jim Kirk like team Aww. up episode. That's what I episode. Want. That'd be cute. Little I don't bro, know. I, little, I like Sam. I, I like Sam Kirk as the punching bag. He's Sam has to- a great mustache though. Yeah, yeah I know, but he's basically the Toby of of of, 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 of you know of, of Strange New Worlds. I, and I'm not saying that he, he can only be Toby, but like I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I um was going to say so next week um we have another episode called lost in translation maybe someone loses some memory <laughs> we shall see um and then the episode after that will be those old scientists which is our crossover episode this is just me a countdown to the crossover episodes really because for okay. a second i thought it was going to be next week and i got really really excited but it's actually the week after yeah, I, I can't wait for it to be problematic and you just be so i would be i think i might just cry for a whole episode uh, uh, that's right like you're like oh it's supposed to be my favorite episode of the season. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, I feel like Mariah, you have raised the bar on this crossover uh, this crossover episode. I mean, is it even possible that it's gonna meet your expectations? I mean, it's directed by Frakes. We've got Quaid and Newsom, who are two of the funniest people on television right now. And I feel like I'm I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I mean, just I'm, gonna, I'm just going to remain optimistic in Space excited. Force. No, just well, because of. While you um, stay optimistic, I will write the pilot for Crazy Rich Vulcans. Perfect. Like, <laughs> you can write, you know, you know, you know, House of Martok, you know, House of Honor, or whatever, or whatever, you know, like, mm. and I'll write Crazy Rich Vulcans. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write the Sopranos, but the. <laughs> That's right. The Klingons. I need a I need a wire version of Star Trek. Oh. Who would like that a, be? What 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 planet would that be on? Oh man, um, it it need to be a grimy planet like a a Talus, I mean, like a Talus Five. Yes, like you Remus. Know. It'd be Remus. Mm. <laughs> um, do y'all have anything else you would like to say about this episode? Uh let's see. Does anything else? No, I I think I think we we went we, we dissected good and bad. Yeah. I must say this, right? We have, for those of you who've been with us for a long time, you've been with us with Discovery and Picard 
Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks. Lower Decks, Prodigy. You've been with us for re-watches. You've been with us for um, watch-alongs. Like, you've been with us for a long time. Hopefully, in that time, you know that we tend to be fair, balanced, equal, thoughtful, challenging. I don't know about all um, this, Clyde. This is good. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know what you mean. You know, if if we've if we have felt things that are unfamiliar to you, if you feel like, man, this was the greatest episode, and then you guys took it a little too far, I, I would hope that you would look at us and, and think about all the times you've shared with us and know and think about who we are as podcasters, as Star Trek fans, and just say, hey, I you know, I can appreciate that you felt differently than I felt about this. Um, and I can't wait to see how you guys, you know, analyze next week's show. That's all I'd say. And the, the other thing is like the reason I get so uh, uppity about these things is uppity. because I genuinely, <laughs> I, I love this show and I want it to be a space where all of my friends can see themselves and not be disappointed you know what I mean? In, in these ways. And so it's just taking something that I love and asking it to be better, which is all we can also ask of ourselves, of our friends, of our loved ones is to say, Hey, I love you. And I see you. And I want you to be the best version of yourself. And that's it. <laughs> Space racism, baby. <laughs> Space so, racism. Like, like, uh, well, in, in some ways, like, you know, this, this is one of the, the, the things that I really love is that even in utopia, like, you know, like, yeah, hundred percent. like, you know, you, you, there's still work to be done. Yeah, there's, there's work, always like, work to be done. There's like, always ways to make ourselves better and in our in our spaces um, better for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, and if folks have questions, like, and you were like, I don't understand all of your your comments on this, like, please hit me up. Like, I'm happy to talk about it more thoroughly. I answer questions you have um, on on Twitter or on Slack or whatever. I'll even I'll take a phone call. I'm happy to talk to people about stuff. Um, you can DM me and I will literally give you my phone number. Um, not to everyone, but to people who I like know from our Patreon and have questions. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say, please be nice to Mariah. Please. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Talking to you too, Paul. Yeah. Be nice to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for, uh, for as always, being thoughtful and kind and helping us to create this space. I appreciate you, Paul and Clyde, so much. Uh, hey, ditto. and before we go, <laughs> can we just plug again? Listen, a week from today, mm -hmm. we will be in San Diego at Comic Con. With, San Diego. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be amazing to be around so many Star Trek fans. We're one o'clock at the Marriott. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I think the Marriott Twelve, but it's on oh. our it's on our Twitter. Um, I'll read. It's pinned to my my account as well, um, and we've been sharing it on Instagram. And it's going to be a good time. And I was just going to say something else. And now I can't remember. Oh, um, SAG is on strike. Our actors are on strike. Our writers are on strike. We are supporting this strike because we believe in equitable and fair pay. It is hard out there for creatives. So we support them. Um, I've been linking to the entertainment fund in all of our show notes. So you can go there if you would like to help out um, crew and support crew who are not able to work right now, um, who need to make some dollars to support their families. Um, so yeah, studios, get it together. Get it together, well, studios. 
and I just want to say, you know, as, as, as someone who is not in this industry, but close to someone who is, it's, it's more than, so you may hear like the writers are on strike, the actors are on strike and you're like, okay, well that's them. This affects everybody. You know, there are people who are getting laid off who aren't actors, who aren't mm-hmm. writers, but they support those, you know, those, those, that industry, they support those, those people. And so it's kind of like, wow, like, for instance, if the writers are on strike, and these, the actors are on strike, you know who you don't need? Makeup artists, right? Costume designers, people can't show up to set, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got friends who are editors, and they're saying, look, like, I can't edit, I can't do my job if the writers aren't, aren't writing, Mm -hmm. right? And so, I just, you know, I just want people to to understand that this is a, this is a lot bigger than saying, oh, those actors that I know that are millionaires are striking. It's it's bigger than that. It's way. Also, bigger. that's such a tiny percentage of the people who are actually actors in the industry. Like we're talking about background actors. We're talking about all those character actors. Everyone you like, it's not just the stars you see on screen. It's everyone you see on screen is an actor. And so we need to make sure everyone is equally protected. So we can get down off our soapbox now. Well, no, I guess soapbox. I know, Paul, so, soapbox, uh, please. please. Uh, I remember when I was like uh, in the pandemic, you know, and you know why I watched? Star Trek Picard and so many other things like, you know, when the world was falling apart, you know what I did? I watched TV. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what, that's what we did. Right. As, as, as the world, we basically consumed stories in order to make our lives, you know, better. <laughs> and, and, and now these people just need, you know, to get paid fairly. <laughs> Yeah, like like th- th- this is not just people in LA. This is this affects everyone because like ultimately mm-hmm. our stories are, are who we are, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, just remember that. So like you know, if if you can contribute to, please do so. Yeah, Check refer out to our the- Patreon. <laughs> The Entertainment Community Fund is linked before our Patreon in the show notes, so you can check that out. Um, and uh, a lot of the disco uh, writers room, a lot of our Star Trek writers have been posting different ways that you can support um, the strike and the folks who are participating in the strike on Twitter. So definitely follow along. Um, and I think that is it for us tonight. Next week, TBD on what time? Clyde and I have to figure out what's going on while we are in San Diego of how we're going to podcast together, but I'm going to figure it out. We will be live streaming on Thursday to talk about the episode. Time will be confirmed. Have Mike will travel. No promises on my webcam, though. So if I look a little grainy, just deal with it. You know, Clyde and I might be in the same room. That could be wild. (laughs) But but apparently, like, you know, I will have crisp internet and like yes. uh, as you see my new mic and you know for those who who feel like it's tons better thank you we appreciate you paul um and we will see you all next week we appreciate you so much see you next time visit us at StarTrekPod.co to find links to all of the things show notes ways to help all of our friends who are on strike live long and prosper y'all bye-bye Bye. let that man have a snack <laughs>